chapter, but verse 9, that threw me off there. But even the archangel Michael, when he was disputing with the devil about the body of Moses, did not himself dare to condemn him for slander, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Mm-hmm. So obviously Moses died, his body uh, is he 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 died he died just if went to sleep or whatever metaphor that you want to use that we've been talking about through this lesson, but when you get to Luke chapter nine, and this is the second passage here verses twenty eight to thirty six. I'm not gonna read this whole thing, but it's it's very clear that that uh, at the the transfiguration right when uh, Peter and John and James are are with Jesus. Uh, they go up to the mountain to pray, that as part of that, they realize uh, that they are in the presence right. of of Moses. And so, uh, as well as, as Jesus being transfigured, right? But there's this something supernatural taking place. So there's a clear indication that Moses, at some point, was resurrected. And so we know about his death. We know about the power of resurrection. Now, we don't know all the details obviously how that resurrection took place no, but we, we know that it took did did take place mm-hmm. it did take place so obviously god has the power to resurrect and there are some a few who have been at some point or another that god has resurrected and that's what we're going to be talking about through the rest of this week yeah absolutely we will in fact, I think we've got a couple more Old Testament cases uh, that that's uh, on Monday's lesson. Yes, we do. So this is talking about the ministry of Elijah mm-hmm. and Elisha, mm-hmm. and uh, it's 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 astonishing to see the similarities and yet differences in their ministries, yeah. and how God was with both of them. And here we're talking about uh, two widows uh, and their sons that were raised back to life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to read this portion down here. This is coming from 1 Kings 17 and 2 Kings 4. Mm-hmm. But our principal contributor had a wonderful, excellent comparison here at the bottom. These women had different backgrounds, but the same saving faith. Uh, the Phoenician woman, uh, widow hosted the prophet Elijah in an extremely difficult time. This mm-hmm. is where, you know, there was, there was no food. There was famine in the land. And so right. she had this little pot of oil and God blessed her mm-hmm. tremendously. Those mm-hmm. who remember that story. Yeah. But it goes on, it says, and that there was no safe place for him in Israel, and yet she hosted him. And the Shuamite woman and her husband built a special room where the prophet Elijah could stay while passing through their region. And a matter of fact, I was just reading in that, that portion where, she wasn't able to conceive a child, but because of her kindness, he says, this time next year, you're going to conceive a child. Well, that child dies, and she goes to him, and both of them, and this is a part So multiple where, miracles here. Exactly. It says, when the two children died, their faithful mothers appealed to these prophets, of uh, to, to those prophets of God, and had the joy of seeing their children come to life again. Mm. Uh, and so I think that's the actual hope that we're supposed to see there, mm-hmm. which is... It's not just because of their faithfulness, yeah. But I think it's because of their, their asking and their faithfulness and their kindness and their closeness to God through mm-hmm. the kindness they have through the prophets, yeah. Uh, yeah. And and I don't want to be, um, I guess you can say, insensitive right now, Michael. Those of of, of us or you that have lost children before, mm. and maybe you're saying, I I haven't seen them risen to the dead. I begged, I pleaded. I remember mm-hmm. one particular case, and Michael, I know you've dealt with this as well, where mm-hmm. you have the prayers and it doesn't necessarily work in the time that 
we want it to or in the way that we want it to. Right. But that's why the overall framework, I truly believe this with all my heart, mm-hmm. uh, and not just with all my heart, with all of Scripture, mm. uh, that those unborn children, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, yeah. uh, that we'll get to see so many of those children that were lost, either wow. in vitro or whatever it might have been, that right. we'll get to see so many of those children. So although... Your prayer didn't work in that moment. Mm-hmm. Hold on to that hope mm. because I believe you will see those unborn children mm. uh, resurrected again and yeah. being reunited. Yeah, I, I think there's nothing harder, you know, having been a hospital chaplain for a while, that uh, there's there's nothing harder than seeing a child, uh, say child, but just even a young person yes. pass away. Yeah. And yeah, well before their time. Well before their time. That's that's the hardest. I think those are the hardest funerals, Buster, you know, and I think yeah. back to my pastoral experience. But uh and I, I think part of the reason, like you're saying, is um we don't understand why, you know, God doesn't intervene and resurrect every every child. But there are these stories in the Bible and I think part of it is to remind us a sense of hope. Yes. That that God has the power to resurrect those young people who die. No, nobody wants death, but no. but it doesn't feel so bad in a way when someone is quite elderly. They're 100 years old. And you're like, well, they've had a long life. They've had a good life. You there, know. There's almost a sense of relief sometimes because you're like, uh, grandma or grandpa or whatever it might yeah, be, they they're might not be, suffering any longer. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Again, you know, um, but but yeah, the, the, that shortness, you know, yes. when something happens and yet um, the... Biblical record encourages us, reminds us that those children, those young people, God will resurrect them. Amen. Yeah. Michael, tell us a little bit about Tuesday's lesson, the son of the widow of Nain. Yeah, so this is another interesting story, and we're looking at all these great examples before Jesus' resurrection, showing, right. you know, uh, and uh, in this particular passage, we're going to read from Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. And this one I'll actually take the time to read, because I just think it's such a poignant story. Please do. Uh, it says, Soon afterward, Jesus went to the t- town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. And as he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. So a little mm. bit of context there. You can see what's going on. Yes. You know, it's it's dramatic, right? And a large crowd from the town was with her. So obviously this is affecting the community, not as well as obviously the mother. And then verse 13, when the Lord, that's Jesus, saw her, his heart went out to her and he said, don't cry. And I love this image of Jesus, you know, just of Jesus was not only God, but but here he is in human form, and he had empathy right. and sympathy, recognizing the heartbreak that is truly going on here. Don't cry, Jesus says. And then verse 14, then he went up and touched the bier, that's the coffin, depending which translation you're using, um, that they were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. And he said, young man, I say to you, get up. How <laughs> <laughs> crazy is that, right? <laughs> And the dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother, and they were all filled with awe and praise God. Wow. There you go. So amazing. You know, uh, if you interrupt a funeral, and, and that's what <laughs> Jesus does. He interrupts funerals. Yes, he does. And, uh, you know, it, and it may not be immediately. I, I think that's the loss of anyone. I think of my own experience of loved ones that, that I have lost in my experience, you know, 
everyone wants that, you know, oh, there's the, the, the sense of go through the stages of grief and everything else. But, but uh, whether God resurrects, in, in this case, in his physical presence when he was here on this earth, or um, in, in our, my own situation where he hasn't resurrected anyone that I, that I have known personally that right. I know of, right? Uh, but yet uh, there is that promise of resurrection. So when Jesus comes again, to this earth, death flees in his presence. Yes, amen. Yeah, and so that's just a, another reminder. I love this from the story of Jesus himself, uh, reminding us how uh, he did that. And he didn't do it just this instance either, no, you know? No, no. Uh, and I know Wednesday's lesson talks about another example. Yeah, so this is about Jairus' daughter, and this account is taking into account Mark chapter 5, verses 21 through 24, and also 35 through 43. Mm-hmm. And it's very, very interesting, uh, this, Michael, because yeah. uh, I, I prescribe an assignment, and it's called eyewitness in the students for my Life and Teachings of Jesus class. Oh, how fun. Uh, sometimes they have a little bit too much creative uh, ability, and so now <laughs> I do a proposal before. Right. Uh, but they have to place themselves mm-hmm. inside of an actual story or mm-hmm. uh, a miracle of Jesus. Wow. And they have to come back and then say like th- like a report. Of yeah. It. And uh, so one one of the young men, you mm-hmm. know him, Alex Brionis. Yeah. Uh, he he wrote from the perspective of Jairus' daughter's dog <laughs> and oh, how about fun. how he met the master and how he was whelping with fear when he, <laughs> the child died. But it's so interesting to see because yeah. – and, and to get them to realize – that these are real stories that actually yeah. happened. It's like uh, uh, my kids' dog diaries. Exactly. There we go. There we go. Uh, one student, I had to tell them, though, no, you cannot be a toilet in the story. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's like you, you not cannot... sure they had those in the first century anyways. No, they did not. So uh, there, there is some limits to my allowance, creativity. right? creativity. <laughs> Still, that's really fun, though. I like that. But, but here, what's very interesting about this is that as they enter the room, uh, there's some of the disciples he doesn't allow in. He allows Peter, James, and John in, yeah. and he kicks other people out because of their unbelief. Mm. I think that's so interesting when that happens. Yeah, and then he he comforts them, says, "This mm. child is not dead, but sleeping." Yeah, and then he uses these words to Luther Cumi, right? Which is, yeah. "Rise up, daughter!" Right, mm-hmm. and she gets up mm-hmm. uh, once again, seeing the miraculous power of Christ in action. Yeah, and. It says here, after the resurrection of this girl, those who saw it were overcome with amazement. Mm. Uh, And no wonder, because they actually saw someone who was dead back to life. They were mourning, and the next second, they are overcome with joy. Mm. And that's what it's like being with Christ. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, And and there's something you said earlier, Michael, uh, that I think sometimes we take out of context, Mm -hmm. and that is when Jesus tells uh, the widow of Nain, it's like, don't cry. Yeah. I think sometimes we run with that and say, don't cry. I'm like, no, in the meantime on earth, we can cry. But when Christ raises someone from the dead, he's saying, don't cry because I'm about to do a miracle. Right. So in other words, um, don't tell someone not to cry unless you're prepared to resurrect them. Exactly. <laughs> or the the person in, in I, I have a friend who uh, very dear to Lauren and I, mm. and they lost their mother unexpectedly. Oh, no. Um, just four months ago, and she just wrote oh a, a post a little while ago saying that some people are like, oh, you should be over this by now, and things like that. And like, Who says that? And that is just <sighs> so utterly ridiculous. Oh, I can't imagine. And and, and she was extremely close with her, yeah. right? Yeah, Mourn sure. how you mourn. Yes. Grieve how you grieve. 
and and we have hope, but yeah. hope doesn't replace grief. And everybody does it differently too. I think that's also yes. something we have to acknowledge. Yes, and and so our duty is to traverse with people as they go on their journey, to mm. not allow them to go on the journey alone, right? Beautiful. But sometimes just be quiet and be there, yep. right? Be yep. present. Mm-hmm. So Michael, tell us a little bit about Lazarus. Well, it just keeps getting better and better, right? It does. I mean, I mean uh, that just reminds us of the, the power of God over death and the power of resurrection. And uh, John 11 records for us this, this beautiful uh, story of Lazarus. And I think this is a familiar story. I'm not going to read. It, it actually has <laughs> all 44 verses, Buster. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> please start from the beginning, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so if you haven't read the story recently, I would especially encourage you to take the time and, and read this whole chapter because it's a, such a poignant story. It is. And, and tells us. And um, I will highlight a couple things really quick at, at the beginning. Um, it, it refers to um, uh, Mary and Martha who come to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick, talking about Lazarus. Uh, phileo, you know, this is like, exactly. hey, that's my best friend, you know. Yep. Um, and And so... Uh, when Jesus uh, heard this, he said, and this is verse 4, This sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory, so that God's Son may be glorified through it. And so, and of course, it says, well, later on, that that he had fallen asleep, verse 11. And so there's this going through this whole process, and finally they get all the way out to the to the grave, which is, what, uh, I think it's two miles uh out of Jerusalem and Bethany, and so they're walking out to where it is, and right. um, and they're still having these kind of doubts. You know, Jesus, if you'd only been here, we know, yep. we remember what happened it's with the, days, the widow of Nain and and some of these others. If you had just been here, and and uh, Jesus um, uh, challenges them, right? I am the resurrection and the life. That's this beautiful promise that that is here, and um, finally. They go all the way out to the to the grave. Um, Jesus asks, verse 34, where have you laid them? And they say, come and see. And then I think this is also, um, for verse 35, um, some people have pointed out that this is the shortest verse in the Bible. That's actually not quite true. Uh, this is the second shortest verse in the Bible. Uh, because it's two words in English, but it's actually three words in the original Greek. Oh, there you go, and Michael. so it's the second, yeah. Um, so I, 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 but I, the point is, um, it, it says Jesus wept, right? Jesus wept. And, um, I, 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 want, I think we need to pause for just a minute, uh, and, and soak that in, you know, cause we're just talking about do, do not you weep, go. you know, but Jesus through his own example. So there's. Jesus was a real human being in that he had real emotions and yes. the tragedy and he trauma of, of someone falling asleep, or in this case dying, um, that um, I, I think that, that's, that we need to soak that in and remember that it's okay to mourn. Jesus mourned. Jesus yes. wept. And, and Jesus, Jesus wept. mourned even though he knew what was about to happen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, and I wish Scripture recorded more often when he wept, because I think it would give us a clearer picture, because... He was a human being that went through the gamut of emotions as well. By the way, Bible trivia, for those of you into Bible trivia, I just had to double check this. Okay, here, here's here's the deal, okay? John eleven thirty five, Jesus wept. That's 16 characters uh, long in Greek. 
And the shortest verse in the Bible is actually rejoice always, 1 Thessalonians 5.16, which in the Greek is only nine letters. Ah. So if you are into this Bible trivia and you just just had to throw that out here since we've got two religion teachers here. Um, I, I knew it wasn't the shortest, but I had to uh, double check and look up which one was the actual shortest. So um, just so that we have this clear. And and by the way, we get to the end. Jesus calls him forth from the tomb, says, take away the stone. And they're like, hey, he stinks, you know. <laughs> it's been four days. And uh, Jesus uh, goes on and prays, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here. that They might believe that you sent me. And then he says, with a loud voice, it says in the NIV, Lazarus, come out. Yes. And what a sight that would have been to see, Buster. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, mind-boggling. Crazy, I mean, right? Out. <laughs> yes. Hey, you know, what? what's crazy about this, Michael, mm. is that if you look at the subtitles before mm-hmm. and after and mm-hmm. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, the plot to kill Jesus. <laughs> right. Right. So the me- their immediate response to yeah. this for the Pharisees yeah. was... It's better for one man to die than for a whole entire nation to perish. Yeah. And that's when, it, you know, one of the accumulations of his greatest miracles, they decide this is when they're going to kill him. And that's so sad. Utterly tragic. But then at the same time, you know, what clear revelation of the power of God. God's through Jesus, his His divinity, then the ability to raise from the dead. I can't do that. Right. You and I can't do that. It's the, the ability to create life or recreate or call back life. That's something only God can do. Yes, absolutely. And all glory and honor to him as our creator yeah. belongs to belongs to God and God alone. And I think really the point of this lesson is, look, there's these stories of resurrection. It's happened. It happened before the cross of Calvary. Right. right. And so we see these biblical examples, and those stories should give us hope and inspire us to look forward to the future when the great day when Jesus comes and there will be that resurrection. And so we have more reason once again to hope. Amen. Well, I don't know any better way to, to put a wrap on this, Buster, except, uh, you know, we're I'm, I'm down here in Keene and we've got a, a student's wedding, Raul, a little shout out to you. Whoop, whoop. And uh, so Swoops and I are actually able to record in person. We can't do that very often, nope. but it sure has been sweet. So with that, we'll, without any further ado, we'll sign off. This is Soup. And Swoops, signing Signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.